Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sanderlanch podcast. I am Data, and with me is Joe, Dak, and Jamie. And it has been a while since we started recording so long, or since the last time we recorded. I can't talk so long, in fact, that I suspect they, our, our co-hosts, have forgotten everything about the book, including who the good guys and bad guys are. So, in aid of that, this week we are reading chapters, or we did read, we, we already read them by the way, chapters 46 and 47 of Mistborn: The Well of Ascension, wherein. The devious sazed gathers together a group of thieves and brigands to figure out a way to get rid of Ellen and Vin. And then Straff Ventures' golden boy Zane is the victim of an attempted murder, only to then get his heart broken. And finally, there is a betrayal so shocking that no one could ever have predicted it, ever. <laughs> Hang on to something, everyone. The Sanderlanch is about to begin. Elders tell us, keepers of the bottom, treasures of the dirt. Russian string, we scribble and sing, and dig for the annals of the earth. And we try, try, try to keep a little beauty in the world. Yes, so we had a shocking revelation that someone in the group predicted. And look, I, I have to say this before we get into it. You guys would not believe the number of emails and comments other places that I have received being like, Joe clearly read ahead or read information <laughs> about this because there is no way he predicted this from the beginning of the book. That is it, there, there's just no way you and, guys are naysayers. <laughs> So, I, but, I definitely did not read. I don't. I'm not interested enough to read that far. <laughs> and then, and then throughout the rest of the podcast, pretend like I don't know all the other things that are divulged. And I think that's the only big prediction that I've made this book that's paid off. So I really don't see how you guys could possibly imagine that I would do that. My thing is that I that I've been telling people is like, look, you have to think about what you're saying because he's not that dumb. To read ahead and then from the very first moment be like, hey, I think it's this, and then like stick to his guns so certainly the whole time that with no subtlety whatsoever. I'm like, if he'd actually figured something or like read ahead and knew something and didn't want to reveal it, he would have slightly more subtlety than that. Anyway. Yeah. Also, you know, saying I'm not that dumb is correct. I mean, I'm not a. <laughs> I'm not claiming to be a genius over here, but I have read a book. You're or not two. that dumb. I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at picking up on things in books. That's why I like books because I like solving things. Uh, that's like why. That. Well, I, I should say I like mysteries. Like uh, that's why I'm really into Harry Potter. Almost every book is a mystery. Just looking at the disparity here, Jamie called Rashek being the Lord Ruler, and all the fans are just like, "Oh my God, yes, you nailed it, good job." Joe calls Tensoon actually being the dog, and all the fans are just like, "Bullshit, he didn't figure that out." <laughs> to be yeah. fair, Jamie called that like two thirds of the way Much through the book, later. as opposed to like one third of the way through the book or less than that. Hey man, but also the Tensoon reveal is like giant in most people's minds. Like generally, people did not see it coming. But both yeah. of us, like as soon as we read it, had the reaction of. Fuck, he was right. Yeah. I think I actually said it out loud, and Dad was like, "Oh, I was wondering when you'd get there." I, I was a little surprised myself. 
but you know, I, I kept thinking they haven't revealed this yet. Who? Anyway, I almost, my, my, you know, my thought was I, you were you were fry and just going. I am shocked, shocked. Well, not that shocked. <laughs> not that shocked. shocked. <laughs> yeah, I I almost didn't stick to it. I was getting ready to say, you know what? Maybe it's not him. Maybe it's somebody else. I'm glad I stuck to my guns on that one because uh, obviously it paid off. Yeah, and I mean, if I had read ahead, don't you think I'd be making a lot more predictions? Like, you know, I don't know. You I don't know, know what, what other predict. predictions you might have done. Exactly. Right. So how are you going to exactly. – you can't even say that. There might be five other that people are like, see, you see, this is what I'm talking about. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, you're making a good point. <laughs> anyway. Um, what, what, what was guys... it? I'll... Sorry, go ahead. Also, I was going to – no, I was just going to say, also, like, I wouldn't do that to the podcast. Like, I'm I'm in it just like everybody else. Like, I don't want to – I don't want to know what happens before everybody else knows. That's not – that takes all the fun out of it. Yeah. So I hope that reveal was enjoyable for everyone for various reasons. I mean, and it's not the only one in uh, these chapters. So what did you guys think no. of the two chapters that we did this week? I, I really um, like these two chapters a lot, not just because my prediction came true. I think these are just really great chapters because I think now maybe I'm going to officially call it. I think now the Sander Lanch is beginning because we've got this we've got this force that's coming and and all we find out all the characters knew in the back of their minds except for maybe Vin and, and Ellen that that um they didn't really have a hope to begin with in in completely defending the city and so we've got these push I almost call this one the two betrayals right cuz it's not really a betrayal but I feel like Ellen and Vin might see it that way like they're getting set to betray Ellen and Vin for a good reason mm. and then we we have the Tensun and the Zane betrayal. So I really, um, really enjoyed these chapters. I I've also caught a few things that I think Data had teased us about in past podcasts. And when I was reading, them, I was like, wait a minute. He mentioned something about this. He asked us a question about something that's revealed in this chapter. So I was like, oh, I see. I see now. But uh, yeah, I really enjoy these chapters. Really hope this is the, the start of the uh, Sander Lanch for this book because it, it was really, really good. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I say every week I really enjoyed these chapters, so it's like I'm, I think I'm just being redundant. But um, no, I these were really these were really good, like genuinely really good chapters. It was nice to get a bit more focus with the old crew because, like I think we talked about before, it seems like some of them, especially Doxon, have really been out of focus in this book. So it's nice to have them all talking and getting ready to do do some stuff there. The ten soon reveal was huge, like. On one level, I was really excited that, you know, we worked out this plot line. Joe was right, and we, and we had that big reveal. I was a little bit disappointed on the, le- on the in the sense that it really means throughout these books, we really didn't get a sense of Orisur himself and his personality as a character. I'm just like, he was sort of just a device there in the first book to, to hang around in the background and then take Kelsio when he needed to. And then in this book, he's there for, what, like a chapter or two being resentful and then it's like oh actually he's gone and uh, everything we thought was him was someone else so it was uh, after building in my head this picture of this character to find out it was a different character and we never actually knew that like that character to start with was a bit of a disappointment i guess but if Hmm. i i guess that's sort of the point like if we didn't have that then this reveal wouldn't be as shocking as it is so that's that's just you know story structure i guess and uh zane's dead thank you god (laughs) <laughs> i knew you were gonna like i was editing the last episode and you're just like i really want zane to die like just i hate him so much and i was like yeah oh, i'm just they're gonna like these next chapters oh i was i'm just i was just so done with him like uh just the wine the whiny bad boy sort of character is one i've never really 
liked that much for whatever reason, read into that what you will. And to see him get like, because some of the stuff he was saying to Vin, which we'll get to when we get there, but it really made me even more uncomfortable. And the more and more I was like, you really don't have anything good about you. So to see him finally get his comeuppance on the back of just what he was saying to her, like was really satisfying in a story sense, not just because I disliked the guy. Yeah, no, that was I was immensely satisfied for many reasons when he kicked the bucket. Uh, goodbye, Zane. No <laughs> one will miss you. Not even a little. Yeah, I got to say, I'm a bit relieved that this whole oh Zane or Ellen problem is sort of resolved. Vin has made her choice, and Zane is out of the picture. Well, hopefully, I mean, pretty hard to come back from a dagger in the neck, I think. But you would hope at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah again really love both of these chapters. I like that we had a few different perspectives in the first chapter that we read. I also I liked that there's all rose. And, and all that sort of stuff, they were actually having a real conversation. Yep. You know, let's forget about we're not supporting the king anymore. This is just what the hell do we do now? But then also that coming to the realisation that this isn't particularly going to end well for these people in this room. But how do they how do they sort of secure that legacy, I guess, and, and start making a difference? So it was kind of a, a bit of a bittersweet sort of chapter, I think. All the stuff with Straff and Zane, I honestly really thought that Zane was like, that's it. I'm going to go kill my dad now. This is it. But, I mean, it turned out not to be a very good day for Zane anyway. But yeah. Who could yeah. blame him, really, if he had decided? Yeah, exactly. So even Straff was a bit shocked <laughs> that that um that all didn't go his way. But, yeah, really, really enjoyed the reveal of Tensoon. I really loved how it just sort of came really quickly. I think I liked that. I, I really liked that there's still – there genuinely was a bond between Tensoon and Vin. Mm. Um that it wasn't it wasn't all for nothing because some of our favorite chapters in this book has been the interaction between those two characters and I'm pleased that it wasn't all just a total ruse and you know he did actually he did fill a bond there or uh, Tensoon did fill a bond there so I, I hope we get to see him again in some form but who knows yeah because he kind of just vanishes there at the end of that chapter he's like I will not be here when you come back so yeah I think Joe theorize that like the Kandra home world or whatever might be important so maybe we'll get something there if that turns out to be the case yeah there's a lot of I, I another reason i like these chapters so much is there's a lot of like tasty secret meat i feel like that was <laughs> put in secret here secret meat yeah that like we're only just getting a taste of and it's gonna like i feel like it's gonna be a big deal because there were a few tidbits in here that i was that were very intriguing very okay. interested in some things that got said. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get into these chapters, I guess. So we start out from a Breeze perspective, which now we've had a couple of at this point, and uh, he's intrigued by the intrigue that is happening with this letter from Sazed. Uh, wait, before that though. Let, oh, let's sorry. Let's yeah, talk about the, the elephant. The, epi- the epigraph. The, I the, totally forgot yeah. the epigraph because it's so tiny in this one. The epigraph is the two are not the same. Yeah. And and then also before before you get to the sazed of it all, can we can we talk about him being in bed with this gr- this young girl? I was second? actually going to touch on that, and it says uh, in in the annotations actually he talks about this section with Breeze, and this is interesting to me because he's you know really a, a full blooded nobleman and is talking about this and blah blah blah. And then at the very end of that paragraph, there's one little sentence that says, "Yes, he did just sleep with Alrian. No, it is not the first time." Okay. Yeah. Enough said. I guess the author told 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 us what, what we needed to know. Yeah. 
I don't know, you know, how to feel about that. We know that she's the one who's been seducing him, so it's, I don't know. And when he, when it comes down to it, he's like, you know, I, I should really feel bad about this, but I'm all about to die anyway, so I guess I don't blame him too much on that score. But yeah, what did you think about the epigraph? And what, is, what does it mean? I honestly didn't give it much thought. Okay. Jo- Joe just seemed to feel it was really significant, so I was like, well, let's talk about it then. But, okay. Oh, actually, I did not think it was significant. When I said, hold on, let's, oh, okay. let's back I'm up, I, I was talking about the, uh, I was the Almarion thing. Yeah, no, yeah, no that's right. fine. I, I did have to backtrack to the previous epigraph to sort of think, what's he talking about? So yeah, to I remember guess, the context, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it just like it just comes down to um, what he he's talking about, what he has memorized is different to what the other world brothers are saying. So there's, there's a disparity in their uh, dogma. Or something like, okay, that'll come into play. There's something, <laughs> there's there's something wrong with the how, like how a hero is chosen or whatever. So cool. Well, when he eventually stops writing, this is all my fault. We'll probably right. get to that. Well, and at least it gives <laughs> us some sort of justification for like three or four chapters ago. Now he's like, you all know about my fabled memory. It's true that I can memorize stuff, and we're just all like, all right, dude, way to brag for no reason in here. <laughs> yeah, but, man, yeah, aren't you the- running out of space on your wall? <laughs> There was a reason. I have to go on and on. <laughs> so I don't know. Do, do you guys feel second wall hidden? Uh, go you, to this mountain. There's part two. <laughs> wow, so the two the, aren't the, the same. Oh, that would there be great. <laughs> the two aren't the same. Uh, of course, it it really is like Skyrim, where you have to read like one piece of a dragon word, and then you have to go to a different wall to read the rest of the dragon word, and then you have to go to a third wall to complete the dragon word. It's just like that. Damn it. It's going to be like the other wall is all the way back at the, the conventicle. He's like, dang it. It's like, go upstairs now. Freaking Marsh. <laughs> okay, but no, I mean, did uh, do you think that, do you have issues with Breeze and Orianne and this uh, relationship that has apparently developed here? I keep forgetting she's here. <laughs> <laughs> she's just like, this. There's, there's, there's so much other shit going on at the moment. Like every time she gets mentioned, it's like, oh, right, she is someone in the city. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. It's like, what, it, like, what, what else is she doing at this point? <laughs> it gave me a very, I, I don't know why, because she doesn't wake up or anything, but it gave me a very big Lebowski vibe where she's, where you know, Ariane's laying, Ariane's laying in the bed. She's like, it, it increases the chances of conception. Breeze <laughs> oh. spits out his wine, and he's just like, <clears throat> you gotta know something about Breeze. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Now, Breeze is, is Jeff Bridges. It's very sad. Okay. Like, in my mind, you've ruined him. <laughs> not that I have a problem with Jeff Bridges. It's just not very Breeze. Well, it's maybe. Jeff Bridges. Maybe it is kind of breezy, I guess, actually. Now that I, th- the more I think about it, the more he's like the dude. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man. He's like the dude. Just wine instead of white Russians. Yeah, it all makes sense now. Yeah. No Kahlua, no cream, just straight up red wine. Does, but, that, does that mean uh, clubs is Walter? Hmm. I don't nah, think Clubs pretty... talks nearly enough to be Walter. Yeah, I think Doxon would be the Walter. He's like, you know, Breeze is like, you're not wrong, Dox. Or actually, no, it, it would have to be Ham, I guess. It's like, you're not wrong, Ham. You're just an asshole. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was just like, Ham's not that much of an asshole, though. But I think we yeah. can all agree Spook is Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that means Spook's going to die. So sad. Aww. The Germans are going to get him. They do want to send him on a quest. Uh, it's true. It's like, shut the fuck up, Spook. You're out of your element. <laughs> That's why he didn't get invited to the meeting. He'd be out of his element. 
Okay, so Brees is reminiscing about uh, his life as a noble and how betrayals work in the noble court versus the brutal openness of betrayals in the Ska underground, which he eventually decided he preferred. And he's just like, man, Sazed wants to meet in secret? Like, if any, this is the last person on the crew I would be expecting. And he almost thinks it's a trap. He's like, but, I mean, if it was a trap, then he'd have to try to get me to do something more than just show up at a secret meeting. That's not, like... <laughs> betrayal yeah, in and of itself. It was, also, if it was a trap, wouldn't I have seen Admiral Akbar at some point? <laughs> it's a trap. Uh, and we get, a, we get a moment where Breeze kind of uses his uh, soothing to soothe the guards that Sazed has outside the door so he can confirm Sazed is the only one in there, which I thought was really slick. Like, that's that's some good breezing. And then he's just like, man, these guards are a bad idea. Like, he goes in to talk to Sazed, and he's just like, okay, look. I, I love that he starts out with, like, I just had to make sure this wasn't some sort of trap. It's not some sort of trap, right? And Sazed's like, huh? What are, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, I did like the little notes. It's like, oh, man, I just don't, can't imagine a terraceman being a threat. Is that what the Lord Ruler did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the Lord Ruler probably thought the same thing. Sazed is more dangerous than anyone gives him credit for. It's like when, uh, was it Now You See Me 2 came out and everyone had trouble with seeing Daniel Radcliffe as a magician? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, guys... <laughs> It's like, it's like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. I, I, I'm apparently not remembering Now You See Me Too very well. Daniel Radcliffe is... I have to look yeah, back like at this one of, remember this movie. I actually like, don't know like if he was a magician in that. Factor. That was just the thing that was going on. Yeah, oh, I don't actually think he was. He was like rich guy or something. Yeah. Yeah, he was rich he, guy he was the, the magician. Okay, okay. Oh. Yeah. Talking about science. Good. Yeah. Science. Straff, Straff Venture treats objects like women, man. <laughs> That's what Breeze would say. I love the first Now You See Me. Sorry, now you got me thinking about that. I really like that movie. Second one was amazing. Good movie. Uh, and so Breeze has recommendations. He's like, okay, well, first, there should be some more lamps and some food, and you should get rid of the guards. That way, if somebody does walk in, it doesn't look like we're doing anything suspicious. And Sace is like, oh, that's a good idea. And then Clubs pops in, and he's just like, get rid of the guards right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, not as subtle a man as Breeze, so... Not any surprise there. And then, who is, like, Ham shows up next, and Breeze is like, wait, wait, wait. How many people are invited to this secret meeting? Like, I'm feeling less and less special every moment. <laughs> and Breeze is like, everybody except for Ellen and Vin and Spook, who he still calls Lord Lestibornis, because that's how Sazed rolls. So respectful. Sazed is polite. He still calls clubs uh, Cladent. Yep. And uh, then... Ham's like, wait, wait, what are we trying to hide from our misborn and king? And then Doxon comes in. He's like, not the king anymore. In fact, it could be argued Ellen isn't the leader of this crew anymore. He fell into that position by happenstance. Just like he fell into the throne. Yeah, Doxon's not bitter or anything. It's fine. <laughs> and him and Ham kind of have, like, kind of have a go at each other here. Because Ham is actually kind of loyal to Doc or to Ellen, rather. Like, they're buddies now, sort of. And they're both accusing each other of, like, not doing anything. And, like, they, they go back and forth. And that is, uh, so... I wanted to pick up in the annotations, he meant, he points out, he's like, this scene with the crew arguing is probably one of the most honest scenes we get in the book. Finally, they let their real emotions out, and they're not always happy. They don't always get along. Docs and Ham particularly tend to get on each other's nerves. They don't often talk about it, but the two of them have never really gotten along, which is why we don't often see them interacting together. Oh. So, fun facts. And if you look back outside of the meetings, I mean, we don't really see any of the crew interacting with each other all that much outside of, like, you know, Kelsier's big everybody meetings. But uh, the two of them are not somebody you see, like, hanging out. Which is weird because they tend to be the more agreeable people in the crew. 
like well, ham, ham more so than Docs, but Docs is less likely to up and raise objections in the way that Breeze or Clubs are. So yeah, I guess that they're just two very different people, I suppose. Yeah. Plus, it's Plus. A, another reason this scene works with tension is like we st- like at this point we still don't know that Doxon isn't the Kandra. So mm, that's true too. I hadn't thought of it like that. Because like I spent the whole thing just going, just looking side eye at Docs and just going, "Are you you or are you not you?" Mm. Yeah, that was. I mean, definitely because Doxon was my prediction for imposter. So right. reading this too, I was like, "Oh, maybe, maybe." And then you know that all went to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that does kind of throw a different light on the scene. I hadn't thought about that because yeah, I guess it's almost like ratcheting that possibility up. Partially because we, other than that one conversation with Vin, we don't see Doxon much in this book until now. This is the most we've seen of him, maybe. So it's the biggest yeah. chance to kind of think about that. Definitely the most outspoken we've seen him as well. That, yeah, that's true. And Ham accuses him of just being upset because he didn't end up as leader of the crew after Kelsier died. And eventually, uh, Breeze just has to, like, super obviously, strongly soothe them both. And he's like, both of you shut up. Stop it. This is not helping. And he's like, okay, Sazed, you put this together make the meeting go whatever you you wanted us here to talk about they they start to get into a discussion about what's going to happen with the city and mainly club breeze a little bit because he's already had the conversation with clubs about what's really going on but mostly clubs is like no here let me explain to you what's happening and why this is bad this is about to go really badly for us nobody else had apparently put it together yet and they even breeze puts it in the light of if Straff comes and saves everybody from the Coloss, he's going to be seen as like the hero of Luthadel, basically. He's going to come back and save everybody when the king failed to protect them and stuff. So, like, they'll welcome this guy who stopped the Coloss from killing everyone. And uh, they're trying to come up with options. Like, what are we going to do? And Club's like, we're going to fight and we're going to die. It needed to be said. No use fooling yourselves anymore. It's like, this was always going to happen. And we were always going to stay here and get killed defending the city. We're not going to let ourselves give up, give up because Kel would not let us. Jeez, Kelsier, even from the grave, you're still just like forcing these guys into ridiculous situations. And he would laugh if he knew that too. <laughs> yep. Oh, Kelsier, you nut. And then Sazed has his inspirational speech about how, yeah, we're all probably going to die, but it's going to help the Ska get free because they're going to have this example of ska who would stand up against oppression it might take hundreds of years but it's gonna work and we started it which is really depressing and nobody's super happy about this i like how ham just asks breeze just like can you make me more confident about this because i'm not feeling it (laughs) he's like oh yeah sure no problem buddy and says this like what i wanted to call this meeting about is that not everyone needs to die here there are some people who should not and People on the crew, like, Club's like, well, I'm not abandoning the men. And Ham's like, no, me either. And Doxon's like, no, I'm not leaving. And Breeze is like, I'll go. Is it too early to volunteer? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not shocked that that was Breeze's response. (laughs) Oh, clearly it's just a joke because he's like, no, no, no. I mean, we all know the two people you didn't invite to the meeting or three people, whatever. They're the ones that you want out of the city, right? And so they come up with a plan or start talking about a plan to kind of trick them into leaving the city. It's like, Vin won't leave without Ellen, so we have to get rid of Ellen, and Ellen won't want to leave the city when it's in trouble, so we have to convince him that maybe it's not in that much trouble, which that'll be impressive. And Says wants to send Tin Will as well, and Spook, to help out. Yes, they need a pack horse. (laughs) 
that's what Tindwell recruited. Reclu- that recruited. I can't talk. Spook for the last time we saw them together. So you know, <laughs> that's really that may have been Spook's biggest scene in this book. He hasn't had much screen time this book. Yeah, yeah. pretty well. Yeah. No, I nobody think, is upset uh, about that. <laughs> I think Brandon went back in time and. Uh... You know, you heard me talk on the podcast and went back in time and fixed the book. <laughs> and actually, everyone's kind of encouraged. Like, Dachshund and Ham start working together happily, and they have a plan now. The plan involves almost all of them dying, but it's a plan. And once they have something to work on, they can move past everything and focus. And that he also says that in the annotations. He's like, if there's something they can focus and work towards, then they can, the group can keep going. Although Doxon at some point does raise the... He's like, wait a second. So we're going to have a huge battle, and you want us to get rid of our most powerful piece in this battle. Really? But it, I don't think anyone expects Vin, no matter how amazing she is, to stand up to, what, 20,000 Coloss? You need a lot of coins for that. Yeah, just do what Ellen did. Challenge him one-on-one. One at a time. Take a number. You ate my horse, and you ate my horse. <laughs> <laughs> you ate my boyfriend's horse. The stable hands just like, so we're running out of horses. That's like, don't actually give them to him. (laughs) (laughs) And we cut to Vin, who is exploring Credic Shaw, which uh, the Lord Ruler's palace, the Hill of a Thousand Spires, which apparently no one has cared to spend any time in since the Lord Ruler was overthrown. So it makes sense. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, on some level, it makes a lot of sense because scary Lord Ruler house. But uh, on the other hand, it's like a giant palace when they were in need of stuff or places to put people, you'd think. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't want to go, but. (laughs) So I'm sure there were like urchin children standing in front of it, just going, I dare you to go in there like kids do with (laughs) with abandoned buildings. Yep. That sounds about right. Well, Vin did say there are other footprints in there. So people have been in there and they have been in there to look for the Adium, but no one's going to take up residence in there. She does say it. She sees a set of footprints going in. So she's not the only one. She's kind of surprised by that, actually. And she goes back to the Lord Ruler's little hut inside the palace. And she's kind of like, it's a very introspective section of this chapter. Where she's thinking about what happened in the last book. And she's thinking about the Lord Ruler's place. How it's set up to remind him of Terrace. And she kind of thinks about what we talked about. Where it's like, he, this guy who's from Terrace decided to build his giant capital city way south of his homeland for some reason. And as she points out... Not only his homeland, but the Wall of Ascension is also there, so it seems like an odd move. There's lots of introspection here, which I don't want to get into in too much detail. And she's really trying to think about, you know, Ellen or Zane? Ellen or Zane? Which one? Ellen is the one she wanted. Zane represents what she felt she had to become for the good of everyone. Whiny? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she and she decides the Lord Ruler's Palace holds no clues or answers for her, and she leaves. Then we cut to Zane's point of view in... Straff's camp, where he hears a tent spike being pounded in a specific rhythm and burns steel and pewter as he wakes up. And this is really interesting because one of the first things Kelsier taught Vin was like, burn away metals before you go to bed because some of these metals can be poisonous if they sit in your stomach. And he's he says here that he always swallows some steel and pewter. He knows that it's probably going to kill him at some point, but dying someday is better in Zane opinions than dying today. Which, okay. But he does die today. You see? <laughs> Deep. Today is someday. And God yells, kill them. And he kills them. And everybody's happy. Well, except God. He doesn't seem happy at all. He's never happy. Oh, come on. I mean, you know, Zane is, usually doesn't kill people when God tells him to. So that's probably good. Uh, I guess. He's like, come on, God. And God's like, oh, I've never been happy. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it was Straff soldiers. 
Straff sent them to take out Zane because we saw well, a couple chapters ago that Straff was just like, no, Zane's too crazy to be allowed to live at this point. I'm going to have to do something about that guy. And here's him trying to do something. It really didn't <laughs> well, work that well. He just like when he made that decision, he's like, yeah, welcome to the party, pal. Yeah, we kind of knew a long time ago that Zane was too crazy to be allowed to live. And I, I like that Zane's takeaway is the attack had come later than he expected. Straff, trust me more than I assumed. And Brandon writes in the annotations, who else but Zane would see getting attacked as a sign of trust? <laughs> and uh, apparently Zane pays this guy to watch while he's sleeping and make sure nobody comes. And if they do, to pound on a tent spike in a certain way. So he tosses the guy some money and leaves. And he thinks about how his dad likes to play with dangerous tools. He likes power and dangerous tools like the pits of hats in and like Zane. And he makes a point that in both cases now, that uh, the dangerous tools end up burning him. And uh, Straff knew there was a good chance that his assassins would fail and he would end up dead. So he had, as Zane says, a romp with his favorite mistresses and get some food and stuff in preparation. So and he tries to bribe Zane. He's like, don't kill me. I have Adium for you buried in a place only I know. I'll name you my heir tomorrow if you want. And Zane's just like, the city is yours. And apparently Straff was planning on just returning to the Northern Dominance at this point. He hadn't figured out what clubs had figured out that he could pretend to leave. But Zane has figured it out. And he's like, wait for the Coloss to take the city, and then you can take them when the defenses are down. Yeah. He's a smart guy, that Zane. <laughs> just just crazy. Yeah. Just, crazy well, smart. Well, apparently not, which we'll get to. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. That's true. And he's, he says that he's taking Vin with him tonight, and so you don't have to worry about her anymore. And he turns, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> you know, it almost works. It comes very close. Yeah, and it made me sad how how supposedly close it came. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. But Straff's like, why didn't you? Why are you letting me live? And Zane's like, a man shouldn't kill his father. And he takes off. Vin notes early in the book that Zane, unlike every other Mistborn, doesn't wear a mist cloak. And we find out here kind of why is uh, like he pulls out this bundle that he's hidden in a tree and he's like the first gift Straff had ever given him a mist cloak from when he snapped too precious to wear around to soil and use so he's got some very deep daddy issues is uh, what we learn i think we kind of already knew this but that's where he hides his adium with the mist cloak but he also chooses not to wear the cloak because there is a bump on his chest where his heart, it's a, the space just above above his rib cages where his heart thumped. There was a large bump there. There always had been. He didn't think about it often. His mind seemed to get distracted when he did. He didn't like the way the cloaks rubbed against this small point that stuck out of his back just between the shoulder blades. Yeah. So there's something to that. He says it's always been there. Yep. I don't know that, if that's true, but that's what he says. Could it have been put into him... When he was an infant? Yeah, maybe. My thought on this particular spike thing, because I think it's described as a spike. Yeah, it says he the small point of the spike sticks out of his back just between his shoulder blades. Yeah. Is that um, maybe maybe Daddy Venture was like found out some weird Inquisitor stuff and mm. basically created a Mistborn using said spike somehow? Mm. Um, that is kind of where my mind is going. He was so frustrated with not having a Mistborn that he tried to create one, and then it worked. Along some logic of how they create Inquisitors or something like that. Right, because we know the Inquisitors have all the powers of Mistborn and yep. mm -hmm. beyond, so 
that's yeah, also got way more spikes though. So also yeah, true. you're right about that. You're right about that. So I don't really know, but I mean, obviously he's dead now. But I mean, I don't <laughs> think it would have been mentioned if it wasn't important. So uh, yeah. Daddy will bring it up at some point. <laughs> I got drunk one night. Was swinging this thing round. Maybe Straff was trying to create an Inquisitor son instead of just a Mistborn or something, and maybe. You know, maybe you don't actually need as many spikes as it takes to create an Inquisitor. Maybe you just need the one, but they went, you know what would look really scary is if we put these spikes through our eyes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just the intimidation factor. Well, I feel like if during, I mean, assuming it goes back to before the Final Empire, because he says it's always been there. If during the time of the Final Empire, Straff Venture had been wanting to create his own Inquisitor, he would definitely not want it to be obvious looking at this person that they were like that because then the Lord Ruler's like, wait a second, what do you think you're doing? Yeah. So this a, a, a bootleg Inquisitor? What the <laughs> hell, man? <laughs> a Northern Dominance bootleg. Yep. They're so cheap. <laughs> or maybe they were going to make him into an Inquisitor or something and then didn't. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Yeah. Well, I think that's... It's basically along the lines of what I thought. It's like, I assumed that he was always intended to be a Mistborn, but of course you don't know that until someone snaps. And Straff got kind of frustrated waiting for that to happen, so he put a spike through the kid, and that was how he snapped from the trauma of that. Oh, that would be pretty traumatic, yep. That would, yeah, that would definitely make you snap, for sure. Yeah, plus, you know, the trauma from that event would might make him repress it and think, no, no, it's always been there. Dad doesn't hate me that much. <laughs> Yeah. Or his spike is the voice of God. Maybe there's like a little cassette player or something in there <laughs> inside his spike. So you're like a really tiny person inside the spike. Like, hey. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like killing. the guy in the garbage, but in the spike. Well, I mean, God, God just keeps yelling about killing people. Maybe it's a tiny miniature coloss. Ooh, and that's yeah. the only topic he knows he, he can talk about. Yep. Kill, 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 murder, murder, murder. Well, I mean, he come. He seems like a little more sentient. At the end there, and I think that Jamie's definitely right. I think the spike and the voice are connected in some way. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so we're moving into the next chapter, because Zane's like, it's time to to go, God said. So Zane leaves the miscloak, and he goes off to find the woman who would save him. And that's the end of that chapter. We get to the second epigraph. It's also very short. It's just, Alendi believes as they do. Which, again, sort of makes me think, all right, so Quan is saying what I remember is different to what everyone else is saying. So that's, that's gotta be why he turned against uh, Alendi. Cause like he remembers some stuff that no one else is bringing up. Mm. And, and Alendi is just get, like going along with what everyone else is saying, which is probably only all the good shit. And no one's focusing on, Oh, you know, there's actually some negative sides to this as well, which you need to be aware of. And yeah. Alendi, Alendi and everyone else is ignoring that. And Quan's like, no, 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 no. You can't just, ignore this fact it's kind of like yeah cutting down all the trees will give us lumber but you're also going to destroy a rainforest <laughs> it could be as simple as like the things that he's remembering are things that prove Alendi's not really the hero because that's what he's saying this whole time it's like i figured out that Alendi's not really the hero and no one will listen yeah and so it might even be just like this says the hero's going to be blonde and Alendi's not blonde so it can't be him yeah that's it he did talk earlier about you know we 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 did we make the prophecy fit the man instead of the other way around? Mm, it's true. So, okay. So we get another kind of introspective section on Vin, except this, this time the mist spirit is watching her and she feels like the sound of the well. I keep forgetting about this thing too. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> you're here. What are you? 
What indeed. And so uh, I kind of like the uh, so what I didn't mention before, uh, in that last chapter was that Brandon wrote in the annotations that the section where she's walking through Critic Shaw thinking about stuff is one of the later additions to the book. And here he says, this scene with Vin at the beginning feels just a tad redundant to me because it covers some of the same ground as the one of her trailing through the Lord Ruler's palace in the last chapter. The problem is I like this scene so much more. It seems to me that the writing is better, so I didn't have the heart to cut it, even though I'd just done another scene that did many of these same things. But I think he's got different enough stuff because she's thinking more about the deepness and about this mist spirit and about the well here, which she wasn't really doing in that last chapter. And these are all the things that you guys are like, we want more of this. Yeah. It was like last chapter she was looking into the past and the Lord Ruler. This one's looking into her own future. So just approaching it from a different angle. But she she starts to think, I'm I'm really stretching myself thin here. Like there's so much stuff that I want to do. Got to research the deepness and the hero of ages. Got to figure out what the mist spirit is. I'm supposed to be finding the spy, and I really haven't been working on that at all lately. And Set's still alive. Can't even perform a proper massacre. And she has a little conversation with uh, Orsor, who we know is not really Orsor now, but we can keep calling him that for now. And he's just like, dude, just make a decision. Quit, quit being a drama queen. <laughs> and she's like, Sazed would have said something wise and comforting. And he's like, I don't know why that's relevant to our conversation. See, this is like, I'm sorry we're going to miss this. I love this guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think they're setting us up here, Dak. They're setting us up for, because obviously he's got a, a little redemption here at the end of the chapter. And yeah. supposedly he's supposed to go report back to his homeland, which is where, uh, you know, essentially he's supposed to be executed. But yeah. I feel like maybe, and I'm just spitballing here, maybe... Their homeland, I think, is I think we've been told it's up in the north. Maybe when Vin goes up there, she'll save him from being executed and we'll have the doggy duo, you know, the dog team back together. Uh, maybe Vin and, and then it'll be Vin and Tenson instead of Vin and Fake say, Horser. You, you're going to have to you have to change the theme song. Yep. New theme song, please. Yeah. I, it still works. There's two syllables in the name. OK. <laughs> I just like his comment about how uh, terrorists don't taste good. <laughs> they're not, they're no rancid meat. I'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe if you let them age a little bit, they would taste better. <laughs> and uh, then Zane shows up and Orsor growls at him. And Zane's like, it's time to go. And she's like, Oh, I don't know. And Zane's like, yes, you want to come with me. And she's like, okay, I guess I want to go with you. But he's, he's basically like, Hey, if you weren't stuck here, if you could go wherever you wanted, where would you go? And she's like, I want to go north. He's like, all right, I don't care where we go. Just not here. And he convinces her that, hey, if we leave, then Straff will have lost his misborn, but he won't know that you're not here, lies. So really, you'll be helping out everybody by leaving. But mainly me. Yeah, seriously. Save me, Vin. (sighs) Just not right. (laughs) And she decides to go with him. Until the moment that she turns to grab a vial of metal and he like jumps or starts to be like, oh, what you doing? And she's like, he like Ellen wouldn't have done that. Ellen trusts me. He clearly does not. And so she's like, OK, I can't. I, I got to stay. It's a really sudden turn, but it actually makes sense to me. So also going with a never made much sense to me. So maybe it's just. Yeah. Uh, in the annotations, he says, this is the scene of the book I worked on for a long time i knew i had to get vin's decision just right and then do zane's betrayal with equal power i wanted the reader to feel that this was inevitable once vin made her decision then he talks about why she stayed with ellen but it's really he says the thing she saw in ellen was the ability to live without fear or at least without the fear that those around her didn't trust her 
which yeah, that's the, that's the book gets that across. And he does not like uh, being told no. Nope. And he tries to be like, I love you, Vin. And she's like, I believe you, but I still can't go with you. Isn't that just the response you want to I love you? I believe you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, who wouldn't love me? (laughs) I I mean, I'm so attractive. I get it. I just, you know, can't do it. I killed God. I mean, what's not to love? (laughs) Yeah. I love Vin as a character. Want this. When we were going to have a baby, we didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. If it was a girl, Vin was one of my uh, thoughts for a name because I liked it. And I love her character. Although I also thought Devi from the King Killer Chronicles. That may have been my favorite one. Ooh. Yeah, that's a good one. Random sidebar with Data. Yeah. Well. <laughs> oh, luckily, any of us have room to talk. Yeah, good point. Uh, but yeah, Zane, uh, once he realizes that she's not going to change her mind, he attacks. And it's like you don't want to be my girl. You're not going to be anybody ever. Yeah, no, pretty much. I can't have you. No one can. You were supposed to save me. It's just, oh, yeah. Way to put your issues on her, dude. <laughs> well, it gets That's... interesting at the end when we find out why he thinks that. Yeah, <laughs> I just I just uh, as always, Futurama comes into it. He's just like, <laughs> you, were supposed to, you were supposed to help me. And I just picked a Zoidberg as Jesus going, I help those who help themselves. Help themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm his friend Jesus. <laughs> you were the chosen one. Oh wait, that's not the drama at all. You were my brother. I mean, my girlfriend. I mean, the girl I obsessed over. <laughs> the girl who borrowed my dog. Which, like, it does come back to like that joke we made when yep. or, when Tensoon first took the, do- the dog's body. We said Zane was going to show up looking for his dog. Yeah, we were actually kind of right. Yeah, that's true. It was his, it was yeah. his dog the whole time. It was his dog. There were emails about that was... after that episode aired where they're like, oh my gosh, this joke about it being his dog. And at the time, I was I like, mean, it was I his blob creature. Like, at the time, I was like, I want this to now be a recurring joke that Zane thinks Orser is his dog. And it didn't end up doing that, but I wanted it to keep happening yeah. so that when we got here, it would be like, oh my gosh, look at what he did to us. <laughs> he um, got our dog. Oh, man. But yeah, so Zane's kind of just thrashing her because he has Adium and she doesn't. And that's when she's like, or she gives Orser the code so she can get the Adium that she has entrusted him with. And when he doesn't do what she told him to, she's like, hey, dude, why, why aren't you doing the thing? Bad dog. Yeah, make with the Adium, bro. And Zane's like, Kondra, come to me. You will no longer obey her commands ten soon. And that's when Joe's like, oh, my gosh, I told you. Yeah, no today I was reading the... I- I was reading the chapters today, and I texted the data. I was like, reading the chapters right now, dot, dot, dot. I knew it! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, that thing happened. Uh, so, yeah, all the way back, we never saw Orser as a dog. Uh, he killed Orser and ate the dog bones himself and became the dog. And then lied about how long the bones, like how old. And that, that was the thing that throws people is because, and that throws Vin, is like, the bones are X hours old, and she's like, okay, well, some of us were on the wall at that time, so it couldn't have been us. But the way we know they're X hours old is because Orser tells us that. So this the like, whole found- foundation was a yeah, lie. Exactly. <laughs> the question I have out of this is we don't know what it takes to kill a Kandra. Like, we saw Orosaur like, take an axe to the back in the last book, and he's just kind of like, oh, that's unpleasant. Um, yep. And, like, we know that like, they can kill the body, but then they can, well, they can damage the body, but they just got to eat another body to to be okay again. 
So the question we that I have here is, okay, Tensoon killed Orosua. Okay, one, how? Two, what mm-hmm. happened to his body? What happens to their body when they die? Do they just... Do the bones just yeah. go flying everywhere and they melt, or...? Well, Ooh, I thought... Maybe the missed to show up. Yeah. Ooh, wow, yeah. I originally Ooh. thought that Orser was eaten by the other Chondra, whoever yeah. it might have been. Like, that they just... They can just absorb each other somehow. Uh, I guess that could be possible. I mean, they can eat flesh, and so maybe... Especially since they can dis- like transform their bodies to be exactly like flesh. Maybe it's as easy to eat as flesh. I don't know. Yeah, possibly. Brandon has some interesting stuff in the annotations about the reveal. And he, he talks about how uh, he actually stole this device, the, the plot device, from Mistborn Prime, which was the first. He, he wrote two books originally, actually, uh, that have kind of combined into the first Mistborn book. One was called Mistborn Prime, or that's what he calls it now. It's just Mistborn originally. And the other one was The Final Empire which, you know, the final empire prime. And so ideas from both of these books got combined to be the first Mistborn book. But the Chandra was from Mistborn prime. And it was like the spy who turns out to be the hero's own Chandra was a plot device. He came up with for that book and he kind of just stole it directly for this book instead. Is it really stealing? If like, you're the one who came up with the original idea. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, I feel uh, like you can't really steal from yourself. Yeah. Maybe you call it porting. Maybe that makes Uh, more sense. I was going to say, like, re- like refitting or recycling or something. Yeah, recycling makes good sense, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, maybe if, maybe the way he thinks about it is, like, Mistborn Prime was its own story and the Final Empire was its own story. And he kind of stole, like, he didn't use those original ideas. Uh, he took those original ideas that he had originally had and re- completely repurposed them. So he sees that as stealing from himself. But, I mean, it's your idea, man. But he says here, the reason this works so well for me as a plot sequence is because I can see Ten Soon's heart. He and Vince start off rough, and he has no problems planning to betray her. Yet as they grow to be friends, Ten Soon grows tormented for the betrayal that he's continually forced to perpetuate. It makes for very strong plotting and character on his part and gives us a surprising bang of a twist here at the climactic scene. It also sets up – oh, I'm not going to – never mind. <laughs> <laughs> of course, some Uh-oh. of you may – spoilers. Yeah, well, of course, some of you may have seen that he was Did the traitor. On purpose. Uh, like Joe saw that he was the traitor. <laughs> and Brandon says, that's unfortunate, but expected. Readers are just too darn smart sometimes. If you didn't get it, then don't worry, you were just caught up in the story. There's an awful lot of clues, though. Anytime Vin asks, quote unquote, or sore about something from the past, he hedges and then guesses and is hesitant. She notes a lot during the beginning of the book that he's acting oddly and not like himself, but attributes it to him being in the dog body. Yeah, and I think that's most evident probably in this chapter before the confrontation, or maybe it was the previous chapter. He, they're talking about something that happened like before the before the Lord Ruler was overthrown, and you can tell he's not sure what she's talking about. And I think it's when I think it's when I think it's the last chapter when she's talking about says says would always say blah 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 blah, and uh, and it's very it's clear like that relevant. right. He's he's very cl- it's very clear that the Condra is kind of confused about what she's talking about. Yeah. And I mean, he's right. There are lots of examples. You may even remember she she's like, hey, when Kelsey, when you took Kelsier's body and went around saying stuff, what did he have you say? And he's just like, oh, you know, just like really general stuff. Um, and there's even there's one even more when she's going through the lo- the, the records from the logbook about the about uh, Alendi's logbook. He, he's like, hey, what's that? And she's like, oh, this is the logbook from, you know, you remember from this thing. And he's like, what? She's like, from the guy who was supposed to be the Lord Ruler. And he's like, what do you mean supposed to be the Lord Ruler? How does, wh- wh- what is that? 
And then he's like, oh, okay, no, no, I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I totally, I, to- I was totally there. I totally remember that. <laughs> he's like, oh, shit, shit, did I miss that morning? Oh, oh, God. Um, yeah. uh. He's like, uh, I love inside jokes. I'd love to be a part of one someday. <laughs> oh, a joke. I get, I get, I get it. I get jokes. <laughs> but yes, it's it's a big twist, and I I know that I never saw anything about it coming the first time. Even though I think when I first read this book, since this was like a focal mystery that they come back to frequently, I think this was one of the few things that I was like, wait a second, let me see if I can figure out who the who the traitor is. The same way Vin is trying to figure it out, and I don't think I ever got close. There's there's something like that in the next book, and we'll talk about it when we get there, where there's one of the only times that I've slowed down enough to be like, okay, let's look at the evidence and see if I can figure this out. The dog really was the mastermind. <laughs> dance, puppets, dance. <laughs> and yeah, Zane is just beating on her and like kicking her while she's down and yelling at her that you could have saved me and now what's left. It's like, and this she... is just prime, uh, like straight up you know, uncomfortable abuse, just like hitting someone yeah. and saying, it's your fault I'm hitting you. Yeah. Like, oh, no, this is... Right. Th- like, this this like made me feel way more uncomfortable than their attack on Set's keep, honestly. Yeah. And I mean, but Vin's been here, right? The, and I think she says yep. in the chapter, it's like, I've been here. I know how this works. I just need to... I just need to kind of let it happen. But then she realizes, like, but it's been a long time since then. And yeah. that hurt. And that kick hurt. <laughs> now I'm starting to get angry. She's a different person now. Yeah. Also, and I mean, she she tries to reflexively. Well, yeah, that's true. She tries to reflexively be like, no, Axmall, make him think that he's winning or whatever, and he's like, oh, your soothing's not gonna help you here. Kick, kick. It is very satisfying when she kills him, even more so than before when Dak was like, I want it to be like Vin, and I want her to kill him because I hate him so much. It, it this just makes it that much better. Yeah. In direct response to his abuse and just general dickishness. This is what you were about to get in a relationship with Vin. I mean. Examine your priorities here. For sure. And she's, she can't do anything because he's got Adium and she doesn't until she remembers and tries the Duralumen. And that doesn't work either. And he's like, oh, yeah, Ten soon told me about, about – I mean, we deduced that you must have found a new metal because you can sense me when my copper is on. So I had him search, and he found the note from your metallurgist, which tells us how to make Duralumen. So, yeah, which isn't actually how she does it. Nope. His logic was not sound, but it worked anyway. <laughs> She never revealed to Tensoon, I guess, about the existence of the Duralumen necessarily, because he says that they had to kind of deduce it. And she never tells him how she can see through copper clouds. Although it's possible that Orsur, like the original, would have known that from like the last book or something. I don't know. So maybe well, she just assumed that he did. There was a scene really early on where like, you know, she was testing metals to try and find the opposite of um, aluminium, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which I believe it was do- I believe it was Dogboy there. Like watching, like he and Ellen were in the room, so. Yeah. But at that time, it didn't actually do anything. True. Yes. Yeah, because she didn't know how to work it, and she, and that's the thing. That's the thing I liked about the this uh, this book a lot is that like Duralumin is like the secret that she keeps from every nobody knows. Yep. That the Duralumin actually works, except for when Tensoon figures it out from the letter, and they just kind of figure it out. So she's quickly running out of options. She. The the mist has like come into the room, and she's like, maybe I like now that I'm about to die, like last year, I can draw on the mist again, like I did fighting Lord Ruler. But nope, that don't work either. And then Zane starts monologuing as he's beating her up. He's like, all that effort wasted hiding an Alamancer and sets hireling, so you would suspect him making you fight in front of Ellen, so he'd be intimidated by you. 
All is wasted. You were supposed to save me, blah, blah, blah. And that's when Tenzun speaks up, and he's like, be careful, Master. She knows a lot about the Kandra. It's like, what? Which feels like a really weird thing to just come out with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I mean, yeah. Zane's like, shut shut up. What are you talking about? <laughs> she knows. She knows our secret. The, the reason why we follow the contract. Wink. <laughs> and Zane's just like, is this really relevant right now? But that is enough to let her figure it out. And she kind of looks at him and, like, sees permission in, like, the way that he's looking at her. And so she does the soothing thing with the Duralumen again. And it lets her take control of his body, basically. Which I don't know if anyone was expecting that. Uh, no. No. Definitely not expecting that. Also, the place my mind went to is like, huh, okay, can control his body. Specifically with soothing? For some reason, I thought oh, pushing and pulling would make it, would let you control the body. Soothing? Why soothing? Hmm, this is a good question. I mean, controlling emotion and then controlling the body? The next yeah. step further, maybe? Okay, I could see that. Yeah, or maybe it's got something to do with the composition of the chondra, like something in their bodies or mm. goop, you know, responds to that particular metal as opposed to what it what it does uh, on humans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe you just have to, like, push their own, like, personality and control down with soothing mm-hmm. enough to, like, free yeah. it up for someone else to control. Maybe mm-hmm. so. There's lots of mm-hmm. lots of possibilities there. But, yeah, she she takes control of Tenzin and uses him to attack Zane. And Zane is very surprised by this, but it doesn't stop him for long. He kicks him and, like, breaks bones and knocks him over to the side. But close enough that Zin is able to grab a dagger and cut out the adium. And then she's like, ha, now we'll see how you do. And, and again, was, she's like, oh, that's not clean. No, it's, yeah. it, it, it's gross. It was in a vial, right? It says that she came up with bloodied hands and a single bead of adium. I think it was in oh, a vial. So maybe not. But maybe that broke her. I don't know. Or m- maybe we just skipped yeah. the part where she opens the vial. I, I don't know. And so I don't know about <laughs> she, you. She left the vial inside. Oh, <laughs> this will teach you. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but this is, I feel like, the part where you're supposed to be like, ha, now Vin's going to do it. This big triumphant moment where, like, she outsmarts Zane and gets a hold of the Adium. And then, like, two paragraphs later, nope, I gave you a lump of lead plated with a thin layer of Adium. Did you really think I'd give you the very weapon you needed to fight me? Oh. That's a good point. Right. I'm more confused about where he got that to start with. It's like, you had fresh Adium that you got someone, because he's not a metalsmith. Yeah. Like, you got someone to coat that? Like... Is there some random blacksmith who stole some Adia while making this bead? And yeah. is now just, like, running well, into the Eastern Dominance? Well, we, uh, I mean, we know he got somebody, obviously, to make him some Duralumin, so he probably just used mm, the same guy. That's true. I mean, he could order Strath soldiers around however he wanted, and he was they were so scared of his insanity, they probably wouldn't question it. Yeah, I guess. I don't know, I just like the idea of this one random blacksmith somewhere just, like, turning up as a villain in the next book. It's like, aha, <laughs> look what I have, bitches! I am the blacksmith. <laughs> no one saw that coming. He's like, two hammers, bitch. <laughs> I mean, he's really lucky that she didn't, like, she swallowed that during their attack on set and just never used it. And he's really lucky that she didn't, because she would have figured out very fast that he was, like, screwing her over at that point. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah. she, she had it before she went to fight Set's men, so, yeah, what if she had tried to use it then? She would have, like, realized, oh, hey, this is not real. Yep. So he was playing a, 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 ga- a dangerous game here with Vin's trust. He's like, you really need to be more careful whom you trust, Vin. Asshole. 
I hate this guy too. It's fine. He's and, about to get, uh, he's about to get killed. <laughs> and random sidebar here. Oh, this is one way to learn lead is not just a mystery alimantic metal. Yeah, no, can't burn the lead. All these and other metals lump lead. Real cool shit. Lead? Nah, fuck lead. That might be enough to give her lead poisoning. She may have to throw that up too. Yeah. She's like, my brother said I shouldn't trust anyone. Zane's like, wise man. <sighs> Whatever. When somebody likes Reen, you know that uh, he's not a good guy either. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like this, yeah, this guy who used to beat you up and tell you how worthless you were. That's my role model. <laughs> it kind of is. Like, oh gosh, this would have been. I just imagine her like going on the road with Zane and. Can we not? No, it's it. It would not have gone well. Yeah, she's like, you have my brother's dickishness. <laughs> <laughs> but then she figures out how to outsmart Adium, which I don't know. That's uh. Yeah, this is the one. You really teased us on this one. You asked oh, us totally in a did, previous yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. Like, do you guys think there there's a better way, you know, to fight somebody with Adium? Do you? Huh? Do you? Do you? <laughs> and we're just like, nah, we don't know what Ham said. Yeah. I mean, what else would you do? Uh, so in the annotations, he says uh, that he's this part is a part that worries him a little bit. This is also something he stole from Miss Born Prime, he says. The thing is, I just haven't spent enough of the plot with Vin working on this problem. Killing an Adium Burner was a major plotting conflict in Mistborn Prime, which was a much shorter book, without so much going on. In this book, we have many, many different plot lines and secrets interweaving, and so there isn't a whole lot of time for Vin to worry about how to survive without Adium. But then he wants to assure us that according to the laws of Allomancy, this is very in line with how Adium works. Only someone burning Adium can change the future, but they can change it accidentally by showing someone else what to do. Yeah, it made it made total sense to me just in the idea of instinctual fighting and telegraphing moves and things like that. Like, I, I feel like if you watch anime like Dragon Ball or uh, Yu Yu Hakusho or other things like that, it's like the fighters figure out a way to predict what's going to happen. And then the other person figures out a way to change what their prediction is going to think so that they can't react fast enough that in fact there's a whole form in the new dragon ball series called ultra instinct for goku which is basically what it is it's like his body reacts instinctually without any thought on his part so that he can be the ultimate fighter basically so especially when she closes her eyes it's very like the blind warrior somebody who can sense and the the small subtle changes immediately so it totally makes sense to me i'm I'm, I, i totally buy it I think the first time I read this, I felt like it was a little bit of a cop-out. It's like, oh no, she doesn't have Adium, but she can just use his Adium, kind of. But the more that I've learned about uh, how this sort of magic works in this universe, the more sense it makes for me. Yeah. Like, uh, if Adium's a thing in the next series, which I believe is Westerns, right? I could see this, like, playing heavily into some kind of gunfight. Mm. Yeah, you told us how that would work. It's like, oh, I see where the bullets are going to go. I can dodge them. I still can't move faster than them, though. Oh, dear. <laughs> I guess they're already kind of doing that with... They, they did that with arrows already, where she could, like, grab the arrow out of the air to stab Sean with Right. It, that would be harder yeah. with a bullet um, to yeah. grab out of the air. But, yeah. Yeah, the, the second Mistborn trilogy is kind of uh, kind of Western-ish. It's kind of... Uh, it's kind of it reminds me of Red Dead Redemption, I think, in that it's, like, this, mm-hmm. this, this point at which the Old West is kind of ending and you're getting, like, this industrial revolution thing happening. You yeah. had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. 
Red Dead. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, yes. I, I love westerns in general. I like that whole Twilight of the Old West thing going on. So I'll, I'll be well in my element in that book. Yeah, there's, those are some fun books. They're very different from these, but, but I like them a lot. Anyway, I don't want to spoil too much about those. I probably already said more than I should have, but, you know. <laughs> you said uh, too much. Yeah. So uh, she uses she, – she, she does this thing where she's like, I'm going to not know what I'm going to do until I start to do it. And as she starts to move, she sees Zane move to, like, block one side so she can see which side she's going to hit. And using his knowledge of what she's going to do, she does something else. Which I think as he describes it, when we get his point of view at the last moment, her Adium shadow splits into two possibilities and he blocks the wrong one and gets a knife through his throat. Yeah, we totally skipped the part where he stabs her in the breast, which I was just like, ow. Yeah, no, that part just it's like viscerally unpleasant to me. And that's why I didn't mention it, because I'm just like, yeah, I I don't know. It's just being stabbed in the in the chest, breast, whatever, what have you. sounds pretty awful. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't. I mean, not that not that her like cutting open his throat uh, is less awful, but um, air sucked through blood around the blade. See, it's just it's it's very uh, yeah. gory. Yeah, but I feel like, you know, she's going for the killing blow. I feel like him stabbing her in the breast is just it's being just, like, yeah, it's just bullshit. being an asshole for no reason. Yeah, exactly. Like he's not trying to kill her at this point. He's just playing with her until he decides he's going to end it. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear. It's like, I could turn this knife slightly and kill you with the same stab, but I'm not going to do that. I want to hurt you because I'm a dick. But it's fine because he gets his comeuppance and he's laying there and he's like, I'm dying. He's trying to tell her, you know why I thought you'd save me? The voice. You were the first person I met. It didn't tell me to kill the only person. Which, yeah, okay, I can see why from his completely insane standpoint that that makes her stand out a lot. And God says, of course I didn't tell you to kill her. And then... God continues talking. You know what the fu- really funny thing is, Zane? The most amusing part of this all? You were not insane. You never were. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Got lots to say about that. Well, what do you got yeah, to say about <laughs> I'll say it for predictions. Oh, okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I was, well, mine is not a prediction. It's just, it's just, well, it is the sense that, oh, that's clearly going to be important later. But the first thought that ran through my head was, wouldn't it be great? If, like, that was the voice just getting one final joke, and it's like, you're not crazy. But he actually <laughs> still is, and it just never it just never comes up again. It's like... <laughs> His brain's just synapses are firing, and the voice that's tortured him is just like, hey, I'm going to torture you some more before you die. Yep, how can, how can yeah. I mess with this guy the most? Yeah, it's like, oh, I've got limited time left. Let's go for, the let's go for like, the really big fuck with your head here. Then he dies, and it's like... like but yeah, it's like, yeah. No, nothing ever comes of it. It's like, no, you actually are just... Right. It's a real Joker from the comics move. It's just like, oh, Batman, That's true. Yep. You you won't kill yeah. me, but you broke my neck. But if I break my own neck, then uh, then I die. And that'll be my joke on you. Hmm. And then uh, after Zane dies, we cut to Tensun and uh, Vin having a conversation. And he's like, I'm sorry. And she's like, how can I help you? And he's like, help. But I literally nearly kill, got you killed. And she's like, uh, yeah, and? Happens to me all the time. It's, it's fine. How can I help? Yeah, do you want me to tell you about the time Kelsier almost got me killed? Because apparently you don't know about that because you weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that she tells him to take Zane's body, and Tenson's like, wait, he's dead? He So did he run out of Adium? <laughs> She's like, no, Adium has a weakness. It lets you see the future. He's like, that doesn't sound like a weakness. 
Yeah. I like how he's like in terrible pain, but he's like, wait a minute, what? Let's have this conversation about Adium real quick. This is really irrelevant. Uh, this is like universe altering information as far as he's concerned. And she's just like, I'm sure somebody else has figured it out. It's just not the kind of thing that you would tell somebody that you figured out ever, which is a good point. That is the kind and, of thing uh, you to yourself. And, his, and uh, now I just told you, able... so I fucked that up. <laughs> like his, his brain was able to figure that out. It's like, wait, like you beat it without Adium, but not the, wait, he's dead. Well, I'm not, so one of us has to be. <laughs> That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Maybe he thought that, like, Zane ran away or something. Oh, yeah, I guess. And she's like, anyway, have his body. And Tenson's like, I, I'd really rather not. You don't know how messed <laughs> up that guy is. I don't want that. I don't want that at all. I mean that's pretty bad. That. I know where it's been. Yeah, it's like when the people, when when the animals that eat dead people for a living, and he not not only that, he likes rotten meat even better. When he goes, no, that's too gross for me to eat. Then <laughs> there's something. Yeah. Oh gosh. But no, he says that he still has the leftover bones from the first dog, and he can kind of mix and match to make uh, a whole skeleton he can use. Word. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Vin's like, okay, well, we got a plan to, for what to do next. And he's like, he's like, oh, well, my master's dead. So technically I have to go back to my people now. Since she's like, oh, actually... yeah, she's like, oh, I understand. But really, I feel like she's like, damn it. I mean, she, so she feels a wrench of sadness and she's like, oh, of course. And he says he's going to go back to be leaves. reassigned. Right. Not. Yeah, that is what he says. That's what he says. But I guess like. I mean, I guess he could totally lie and be like, no, nah, my master died, so my contract's over. Well, uh, that's the other thing. It's like his his contract, his master died. And it's like, we saw him working for Straff in the first book. Like, now that Zane's dead, how, yeah. what makes, like, is there not, like, I don't know. some other thing there? Or did you know, you Zane buy the contract? The contract so, yeah, yeah I mean, I maybe Straff just gave it to him. Kelsier transferred the contract to, to Vin for Orser, so I guess Straff can just say, okay, I'm transferring the contract over to you, Zane. Okay. Weird that he just wouldn't try and take it back, though. Or I guess maybe, maybe Tensor's just like, I'm going to get out of here before he realizes he could probably do that. Right? That's, yeah, nobody wants to work for Straff Venture. It's fine. Uh, I'll just go home. He says, I have to at least report to my people. Please forgive me. And she's like, there's nothing to forgive, and thank you. And he's just like, okay, so, by the way, you know our horrible secret that a Mistborn can control us with Allomancy? Uh, I, I just want you to be aware that my people have been keeping that secret for a thousand years, so it's kind of a big deal. Please don't tell anybody. And then he says that when you return, I am going to be gone. And she runs off to find Ellen. That is the end of the chapter. What a chapter. Yeah. There was betrayal, unrequited love slash obsession, death, you know. So Had any, it all. Any final all thoughts sort of. on these two before we move on to predigments? I think those were my final thoughts. That's fair. These chapters made me happy. <laughs> because Zane is dead. Oh, thank Day God. Dong, like, Zane is dead. It's like, now I can get to the part of, like, all right, I can appreciate this character knowing I'll never have to sit through his whininess again <laughs> until I reread the book. It's like, and now when I reread it, I know where, he, where it's going. So it's like, it doesn't bother me as much. We've also wrapped up the spy, like, side side quest i almost said but the the side story side there quest. So. dungeons and dragons <laughs> the spy side quest now we're subplot spy. now we're yeah subplot so that's that's, that's, what that's, sub, that's subplots wrapped up now we can get back to the main plot what's the main plot again Everybody's, yeah you know political intrigue coloss fall everyone <laughs> dies that's the main plot at this point 
Nah, man, we're about to get out of Luthado, which is what I've been wanting. We're going to follow Vin and Elland. Uh, you know, if some of the crew members die, that'll be sad, but you get the you get GTFO, man. You know, it just occurred to me that we talked about previously when Jamie was like, uh, Ellen and Zane have never met and like knowing their brothers. They never get to meet now uh, as brothers. Yeah, that's true. Not as Hey, Ellen, you dodged a bullet. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I really want Zen, I really want Vin to just go to Ellen and be like, "I just killed your brother," and he's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> Maybe that's what she's going to see Ellen right now. Maybe that's yeah. exactly what it's, 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 she's like. It's he's, like it's like a like, massive. Who did this I, to I, you? <laughs> he's like my your brother. Wait, what? You're no it's, good. It's, it, it's just like a. I have a brother. You had a brother. <laughs> yeah, had. Keep up with the conversation, Ellen. And then he's like, that just raises further questions. questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, predictions. What is going to uh, – I mean, that's kind of a prediction. Joe jo has now predicted that she's going to – like, by the sure. way, I killed your brother. Uh, you know, but no, relief. seriously. We need some. What uh, – What? Joe, you can start out this time. What predictions? All right, cool. Yeah. So, uh, so there's a lot of interesting little tidbits here, especially in the second chapter. So my, my kind of prediction for this is kind of long-reaching, and hopefully it pays off. So there's several moments in these two chapters, especially, you know, we find out about the spike and immediately like, well, that's not normal. That's got to be the source of some kind of thing. And we know he's got this his voice inside his head. And now the voice itself is claiming that it's real and that he's not insane. So maybe the spike has something to do with that. And then we get the bits in uh, in the fight. And we didn't really talk about this. But I noticed a few times, at least, you know, maybe I'm reading too much into it or maybe I'm not reading the book properly. But I noticed a couple of times in here where Vin, this is something we kind of didn't talk about at all. Vin tries to pull on the power of the mists. And yeah, it does no, not I, work. I mentioned that. Yeah, Oh, you did. I must have just sorry. I must not not have heard. Anyway, she tries to pull on the power of the mist. It does not work nope. um, before and before homeboy shows up, Zane, before he shows up, the mists are kind of hanging around in her room. And she's kind of like, that's weird. Yep. And then during the fight, there are several times where the mists are kind of hanging. They appear to be hanging around Zane yep. more than they're they're hanging around Vin. And he's got he's stronger than her, you know, not just because he's a man. I, I think there's some kind of innate thing that's making him stronger, a, a really powerful mistborn. Uh, and we know Vin is a powerful mistborn. But the mists seem to be favoring him. And so then I was, I was thinking, well, if in the very first book... She drew on the power of the mist to kill the Lord Ruler. And now this guy, Zane, is drawing on the power of the mists, or at least it appears like he is, or the mists are favoring him in some way. Mm. Now, what does that tell me? We've got, And we've also got this mist monster, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know how it connects yet, because I haven't put that together in my, in my head or how that would work. But somehow, i I, I got to say that the spike has got to be somehow uh, the generator of this voice in his head. And if it's the deepness or whatever it is, that is that is that is the mist and you've got these mist monsters and you've got this voice in zane's head and the mists are favoring him then i have to say that those are those are all connected in some way which leads me to believe that when she drew on the power of the mists in the first book to kill the lord ruler it's because the mists wanted the lord ruler to die Mm. they wanted him to die because they wanted to be able to come back so when she tries to call upon the mists after he dies it's not happening because the mists don't care the deepness doesn't 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 want to help her now. It, it wants to they, help itself. They, re- they recognize that she's gonna if she goes to the well, she's gonna try and force them back again because they've been watching her. Right. Whereas, so 
favored Zane to try and get rid of her. Exactly, exactly. So mm-hmm. you've got so now you even though even though apparently the voice never said to kill her, so that tells me that that the voice the mist is also interested in Zane if those things are or sorry in Vin if those things are connected. Maybe they think that she'll go to the Well of Ascension and she'll totally screw it up and let the mist cover the Earth. I don't, I, I don't know. Or not the Earth, whatever this planet. I forget what this planet is called. Skadrial. Skadrial, yeah. Maybe they think that's what's going to happen. So they're trying to... But, but you know, when they see their chance in Zane, and Zane's got this creature or whatever it is inside him talking to him. So anyway, basically what I'm getting at is the mists, the spike... The voice, they're connected in some way as the deepness. And if that's the case, then this voice belongs to something or someone that is some kind of entity. I don't know what, um, but something. So because if he's that crazy and if there really is something inside his brain or inside his chest, rather, (laughs) then there's got to be something to fight, some kind of creature or force to fight that is sentient. So that's that's kind of my prediction. I know that's a long way to get to uh, I'm not sure yet what it is, but there's something there. It definitely sounded kind of sentient. It's even using like first person pronouns yeah. where it's like, of course, right. I didn't tell you to kill her. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually there's actually a uh, intelligent mind behind the deepness. If that we should. Well, I think mm-hmm. uh, we all assume that's the deepness now, don't we? I mean, yeah, I, I'm just going to go make that leap. <laughs> okay. Interesting. So, yeah, it all makes sense. All logically thought through. I, um, I like it. Yeah, sorry it's not as world-shattering as the dog is the, con- <laughs> uh, the conjurer's spy. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like I was justified here. And uh, all you naysayers who said I read ahead, I'm not that guy. We, we, say, we say that, but it's like even Sanderson in the annotations we read today guess this in advance yep. so yep yeah i mean there one, one out of the three of us you know we got a 33.3 percent chance <laughs> repeating of course <laughs> i know that i don't know that that's the way that works when there's like a million characters it could have been but okay yeah, you're right <laughs> okay um dak you were already kind of coming in on that so what do you got i don't know at this point i like while we're obviously building towards you know they're going to leave uh, the, the city i get the feeling we're probably going to be in luthadel a bit more because it's going to take some convincing to get to get vin and ellen to leave um so i think there's there's got to be something that comes in that just sort of like convinces them like there is nothing we can do here you need to go to you need to leave in order to save us so i think there's going to be more action in luthiel to come and like the so really the climax of the book will be their decision will be them getting out and deciding where going to the well because i know vin says she wants to leave but the others are trying to convince ellen to go with her and that's going to be Sometime, and if she thinks he's in danger from all this, she may delay her decision again. So, yeah, I think something's going to happen in the city, and so, at least some people in the crew are, are about to die. Uh, mm. My money's on club. My money's on clubs and Ham because they're the ones like in charge of the military, and yeah. Ham seems to be the one who most wants to protect Elland. So, I think, yeah, I think the final conflict of this book is going to be with Straff. And then, like after that conflict is resolved, that's when yeah you know, we're out, we're going, we're, we're heading north. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So you think they're gonna try, but not maybe not necessarily succeed to get them out of the city like they want. Yeah, I think may, maybe Vin will leave, and then she'll come back for Ireland, or 
something. But if if it had been like halfway through the book, we decide that's when we're leaving to go on this epic road trip, then that'd be one thing. But with the amount of space we have left in, I think all of a sudden changing the action of the book and like the location of the book um, mm. to be so so removed from all the plots that have built up to this so far, that seems a bit weird to me. So yeah. I don't think like we're all of a sudden just going to throw that spanner into the works. It's, it's not going to be like, uh, uh, what was it, AI, artificial intelligence, where it's like all of a sudden the last 20 minutes are so far in the future with with alien robots and shit. I never saw that, but okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> okay. I did actually yeah. really like that movie, but yeah, like the ending was very disparate. Hmm. Yeah, we are yeah, well, 78% uh... of the way through this book, so it would be kind of late for it to take a giant tonal shift, especially yeah. if, uh, if we think the Sanderlanch is starting. Moving away from the action of Luthadel might seem strange. This does seem to still be a fair amount to resolve here. We've still got the two armies mm-hmm. that are bearing down on Luthadel, and particularly now that Vin is so injured, she's going to need time to heal before she can go anywhere. So I don't, I don't think the crew's plan of trying to make Ellen believe that it's all hunky dory is going to really go anywhere. He's, he's going to see that you know Vin's been attacked. She's really hurt. Yeah, I just, I. I know we sort of were calling him, you know, Captain Oblivious and everything, but I don't think he's that oblivious. <laughs> he, <laughs> for him to just be informed that, no, 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 it's all good. We've got it under control. You go. I just don't see that happening. So also they've made a big deal about Zane informing Straff that he was going to take Vin out of the city and then that was their plan. And then now she's not out of the city has that given Straff confidence to come back in rather than just withdraw, which is exactly what they think he's going to do anyway. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, I'm not sure that we'll even make the start of this journey in this book. I know, I know it's the well of Ascension is the book, but (laughs) there's a lot of talk about the well of Ascension. And if we're talking about the hero of ages, well, whatever the hero of ages has to do is at the well of Ascension, the prophecy, I guess can be believed. So yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with Dak that, we're not going anywhere for a little while. Yeah. Okay. It's like the, ti- the, the title is actually the motivation of the book, not the subject. <laughs> it's like Attack of the Clones. The clones didn't do any attacking. They were defending. Mm, that's true. Well, well, mostly. I mean, I guess they kind of show up to attack to save people. I don't know if that counts as an attack. They, they, they didn't start the war, though. They came in to defend. But <laughs> they anyway. didn't start the fire. It's always been burning. Oh, we're going uh, <laughs> to start the fire. <laughs> Uh, okay, we'll get we'll get some we'll get some hate mail over that, I'm sure. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, any any other predictions, Jamie? Um, I didn't really have a huge amount more. I kind of liked where where Joe was going with the the voice of God and the spike and the deepness and all that sort of stuff. It sort of made me think a bit about uh, inquisitors in general and yeah. do they hear voices and mm. all that sort of stuff. And we we haven't seen Marsh in a little while, so I still think. Maybe that sort of stuff will come will come back if if we're not going to see Zane again, you know maybe maybe that's something important we've learned about the spikes. I can't remember how many spikes they've got. Is it nine? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. It is. I remember um, there's like a certain number and they're connected by the middle one. So they're yeah. I, I think I one, I two, think three, four, five, six, seven. Isn't there six six through the chest and and two through the eyes and they were connected by the one uh, in the, in the I was counting body parts and based on what spikes may be in body parts. I think we figured out there were nine because there are nine like alimantic metals, like original alimantic metals. That's sort of what I was thinking. 
I was like, maybe there's eight of the basic metals and maybe the one to connect them to the deepness, particularly now they're, yeah. they're linked to Quan and the word wall and all that sort of stuff. Maybe maybe there's a bit going on there, but I hope we learn a little bit more about all of that before the book's through. All right, I had to go back to the last book to look. There are 11 total spikes. 11. Two in the head. 11. Eight in the chest, and then one to seal them oh. together. Yeah. That's their um, Achilles spikes. There's spike. too many spikes. Yeah, that's too many. Any number I don't of spikes even want one is too spike. many spikes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Okay. Something I forgot to mention in my predictions that I wanted to touch on, because Jamie reminded me, reminded me when she mentioned Marsh, because we didn't really talk, we didn't really touch on this, when she somebody else's footprints, and I'm like, yep. well, that's probably Marsh. We know this. There's, no, there's an Inquisitor in the city. Yeah, and mm. so my thought is... Uh, this is a stray prediction thought that I had. It's like, what if Marsh comes in at the end and saves the day, but then it turns out he's not like the actual savior. He is setting himself up to be the ruler of the of Luthadel. Ooh. Um, Ooh. You know, Doc. because of some evil Before machinations that. in his head. Yeah, but it's just it's literally just like just him because that's how how badass he is now. <laughs> so that was a thought. That was a stray thought I had had especially when she goes through Critic Shaw and she sees that he, that somebody's been there and somebody reported an Inquisitor being there or something. Right. Well, what is Marsh doing at Critic Shaw? Maybe there's something there that nobody thought of or nobody found. Um, yes, yeah, we did hear that there's an Inquisitor hanging around, and if, right. if there's if there's one group of people who would not be scared to go and walk around Critic Shaw, that would be who it would be, right? Right. Also a good place he, to hide. He, if nobody he's just gone back there. for his stuff. <laughs> he yeah. left his stuff there. Yeah. Hmm. Actually, I did forget a prediction as yeah. well. I don't know how I forgot this, considering it was a bulk of what we talked about today. So Ted Soon going back to his homeland for reassignment, and he is give he's given away the secret of the can of the Kandra to Vin, uh, and he goes back and like if they find out, they might not be happy. So maybe a conflict mm. for the third book will be an army of mist monsters trying to kill Vin for knowing the secret. Ooh, that would be bad. These yeah. guys are super sneaky. Yeah, those gooey blobs. Yeah. Go around killing like your friends just, just to get a shot at you. Yeah. Yeah. That could, that could just be like the ultimate, like, who do you trust? Who do you not trust? Because it turns out everyone is being overtaken by this army of Kandra. At yeah. the end of the book, everyone but Vin is a Kandra. It's... <laughs> wow. That's, uh, that's dark. It, as well, you yeah, you think about Tensoon having to go back and be reassigned. It's like, what story does he tell? He killed his master or... His fake master uh, took control of his body to kill his master. Mm. You're kind of mm-hmm. in a rock and a hard place there. Well, to be fair, yeah. I mean, she used him to attack him. He didn't kill Zane. Vin cut him, cut his throat. So t- th- on a technicality, no, he it's, might be okay it's, there. Oh, it's, I don't think yeah. that's what we were getting at. It's more just the fact that, oh, by the way, this like, yeah, my fake master killed my actual <laughs> master by doing the thing we have tried to keep hidden for, for mm. centuries. Yeah. Um, right. How did she know that she could just do that? Yeah, how yeah, much truth right. does he it's tell? It's not just a... It's not a rock and a hard place, though, Jamie. It's a rock and a blob place. <laughs> so a soft place? Well, he'll be okay, then. Yeah. <laughs> well, not if the other blobs can eat him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's how is they that, execute Is that how they execute people? Oh, Yeah, geez. exactly. They got, like, a giant blob that, like, is the executioner, <laughs> and he's so giant because he's eating all the other blobs. Gross. Oh. Okay. On that note, 
Uh, let's move into emails. We have gotten three emails. First one is from Angela, and I believe this was the second Angela. Oh, oh, before we get into this, I oh, had yeah? a really okay. good name to call our Angelas. Okay. Because we have multiple. Oh, yeah? They're the Sandalangelas. <laughs> I, I don't know that I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> say, it, say it three times fast. Sandalangela, Sandalangela, Sandalangela. Yeah, sounds like a Mexican food. <laughs> wow. That was slightly offensive. Was it? No. Okay. <laughs> She's like, no, not really. Good, good. Uh, so Sorry, keep going. Angela, Angela wrote us an email. Hi, Sander Lanch crew. I have to agree with J. Jonah Jameson's email from this last episode about being surprised <laughs> about nice. one piece of foreshadowing that no one has picked up on. And then in a note, which I will not read, she talks about the piece of foreshadowing that she thinks he's talking about. Actually, no, that is a different piece of foreshadowing, Angela, than what uh, J. Jonah Jameson was talking about. Oh, great. Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyway, then she says, I know that we know the outcome of the books, so you could argue that in retrospect it was really obvious to us. However, as established in my last email, I didn't feel like I was particularly observant as I was reading these books. and was very surprised with most of the twists. But this is the one that I think I actually did pick up on. I feel like it gets danced around every now and then, and I keep waiting for someone to have a big aha moment. I'll be interested to see if anyone picks up on it before it all plays out. I don't yeah. think... Well, now that I... Sorry, go ahead. Well, now that I got my brain off of the spy thing, since that's done, yeah. maybe I'll have time to I could to be what she's talking about, though. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but I I feel like I was pretty heavy-handed with that. Well, that, oh, that's true. If, if it was somebody figuring that out, then you would have definitely been... Uh, okay, so Angela, I think, interestingly enough, that while maybe no one's picked up on that specific piece of foreshadowing and called it out, the the result has still been predicted at some point. I think someone's already called that, and maybe just not based on that one bit, if I'm remembering correctly. Anyway, so yeah, that, that was vague for uh, everyone else, but sorry. Very. And then she says, shout out to the other Angela, and then in parentheses, Angela won? Uh, <laughs> Go you for being a teacher Let's in this go, crazy uh, time. Angela Prime. Ooh. And Angela I love that Prime. we were on the same wavelength with the sign-off. Thank you again for the fun podcast and good discussions. I always listen as soon as new episode drops in my podcast app. Wasing to the time of next, Angela 2. Thank you, Angela, uh, for letting me be completely like mysterious, and uh, that's always fun for me. And then our other two are both from Retro Rocket. Uh, neither of them is very long, though. So it's. Uh... Yeah, let's just not read those. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's like, I'm getting tired of this retro guy. Uh, grumble, grumble. Uh, he says, So I have been thinking about it. And I think instead of just random guy, it has to be some random guy. So anyway, I don't think anything came up specifically. That, okay, I don't. That's the most random note in here that I don't know. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, hey, by the way, Retro Rocket. <laughs> so anyway, uh, for some random guy, Volcano Dude and Other Girl, what do you think the deepness is? Do you think the characters are correct and it's the mists? Or do you think... Wait, what? He says, do you think the characters are right that the deepness is the mists? Or do you think that something else is going on and maybe they are not correct? Uh, Well, I feel like I just, I just predicted that. So I, I feel like that's all I know or feel. Mm. You know, some some thoughts on right now okay. anybody else feel like with the information we have received i think it points towards the mist but i'm not ruling out that it could be another another blind you know, it turns out the dog is the deepness who fucking knows <laughs> there really is a tentacle monster out there 
I'm banking yeah, on that. It's a very tentacly dog. <laughs> Dude, that would be awesome. Tentacle dog. I don't know that that would be awesome. I don't. I don't think I agree with that. Dog tentacles. Um, what would be better than a dog that you know is loyal and trustworthy? A dog with a bunch of tentacles that can grab stuff for you. Uh, It'll make a game of fetch so much more interesting. Uh, he also says, yeah, it's like the it's like the cat from uh, <laughs> from what the, the flula or whatever it's called. What was it called? Flula Borg? No, the he's in Pitch the Perfect too. From uh, from Captain Marvel, the the cat. Oh yeah, thing. the the Flurgan. Oh, Flurgan. Flurgan. Sure, whatever. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> it's like that, but with a dog. It scratches out Nick Fury's eyeballs. Um, yeah, well, he had it coming. He says, what do you think Marsh is up to? I think we've kind of talked about that, but then also, where yep. do you think the other Inquisitors have disappeared to from the Convecticle, and what do you think they're doing? Uh, I feel like we talked about that on a previous episode a while back. My theory is still the same, that they have gone to the well, that they're mm, trying yeah, to create like a new Lord Ruler. Yeah, we did talk about that. You're right. Well, maybe they all just accidentally got stuck to a wall somewhere. Like how Kelsey pounded pounded that one dude's spikes into a wagon he couldn't get free. It's like right. the rest of them just like, oh, yeah. no. I, I, yeah, I rolled over in my sleep, and now I can't get up. I was wondering how we got stuck to a wall. I was like, wait a second, that's not this book. <laughs> that's a different book. Yeah. Where things get stuck to walls. Uh, <laughs> it's like he's got corks. They've, you know, they haven't, they didn't remember to put the corks on the back of their spikes, so yeah, yeah. they're just that's right. running yeah, around getting stuck to stuff. Uh, they forgot to cork. It's very sad. Uh, he also says, what do you think at this point, and now we're much later than when he wrote this book, but what do you think about the titular Well of Ascension? We kind of talked about this this episode a little bit, too. Any any additional thoughts about this thing that we haven't seen? Not that I haven't already nope. said in yeah, that's previous episodes. Yeah. All right, that, that's his first email. And his second one uh, just says, I just want to say, Data, and then he has a quote from me where I said, there's this other story, and it's more interesting than the story we're watching. He says, you aren't watching The Well of Ascension. So he, he, he called me out on that, which is probably fair because I've done that to other people. So, okay, you, you got me. And uh, he also says, also loving the theories, especially in this episode. So I think that that was the second episode that we recorded is the one that would have just yeah. come out there. So. Yeah, if you guys don't remember, we recorded a bunch of episodes right in a row. So we're, you know, we're way in the, we were way in the future or we were way in the past, I guess when uh, those episodes were made. I don't know if now you guys saw now, but then was <laughs> then. <laughs> then was also now at one point, but now is now now. <laughs> I don't but know by if the you time guys... you hear this, now is then. That's true. That's right. That's oh, my God. You knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and technically, 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 uh, we're... You, we're in uh, the, the United States, and, and they're in Australia, so technically, they're in the future. Um, yep, you know, true. Jamie and Dacker in the future, and, and we're we're in the past. Yeah. This is a cross travel. Time traveling phone call. Yep. Okay. So <laughs> yep. I don't know if uh, if you guys saw, but somebody on Twitter added us and was like, "Hey, host, how do you spell your name? I've been looking at every description of every episode, but I couldn't find your name, so I don't know how to spell it." <laughs> yeah, I, you don't know how to spell data. Come I don't on, write man. my own in there. I guess that's a good point. And then uh, this person is called L, by the way. And they said, anyway, you should add the names of everyone in the podcast bio. Great job, guys. Really love the podcast. And so I replied, I'm like, you know what? That's a good idea. I will add yeah. people's names in the podcast bio. So now everybody's names are in the sure. the description of the podcast on Twitter. I was, I was going to say, like, like, the, the, bio, the bio is simply 
Dak, JB, and Joe, like, like read the books for the first time while Data laughs. <laughs> that should be it, yep. Yeah. He makes us answer questions that he knows we'll get the answer to. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, what, what fun would it be if you weren't going to get the answer to the questions? Ever. That would be sad. While we're talking about stuff that people have sent in, after the last few episodes, I, I did set up a discord server for the sander lanch the sander lanch server i haven't actually invited anyone to it or anything it's just sitting out nice. there but i set it up so uh, if if we decide to get people together for discussions then uh, there's like a no spoilers channel and a spoilers channel and uh, say, is this one of those things we're allowed to do or not allowed i don't to do, know that or? you guys will be allowed in we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to <laughs> yeah. see i don't want somebody accidentally or accidentally spoiling something for you guys so you three may not be allowed, but I wanted to make sure I mentioned it on the show so that everyone knew that it is a thing out there that I've created now. I've never actually made a Discord server yeah, before, so. so I did my best here. I don't know if like I have to invite people or if now that I've said it's called the Sanderlane server, people can find it on their own. I don't know how that works, so I guess I'll figure it out as uh, we go further along. Yeah, I think you do have to be invited. So we will see. In any case, that is everything that we got for this week. For next week... We will be reading chapters 48, 49, and 50. So three chapters for the next for next week. This may actually be the longest section we've read this book. Not by like a lot, but I, I measure everything since I'm using my Kindle copy by like Kindle locations. And each location is like 12 characters or something ridiculous like that. Um, so like, for instance, this episode was 598 locations long, while this next one will be 745 locations long. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, yeah. Random uh, randomness. I don't know what to do with this information. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's nothing to yeah. do with this information. <laughs> this is a unit right. of measurement Some that I have more useless clue. statistics. Yep. Yeah, that's, we've come that's to my the area of useless expertise. statistics part of the show. Everybody get your uh, your glasses on. We're going to read through the statistics some more. But when I'm figuring out how like how much text that we will read for each episode, this is almost my upper limit. I've made 750. Like we're not going above 750. So this will be close to that. But anyways, so for next week, three chapters, read those. And we are down to there's four episodes total left uh, in this book. So we're coming right up against it. Oh, oh, yeah, we have to be in the Sanderlanch now. We're 78% yeah. of the way through the book. We got what that, mean, that means 22% in these four episodes. Yeah. Things are happening. It's very exciting. It's all coming together now. Please come back next week, everyone. Hang it's out with us. And with the. Uh, it's going to end with, like, Vin, like, fighting Quan with swords on the, t- on the tip of the well. And Quan goes, I am your father. And Vin goes, no, and falls down the well. It is the second book, so that totally <laughs> makes sense. Yep. That's exactly how it goes. Yep, real empire moment. She get her hand jo- cut off, too. Yep. Like a, a, a literal empire moment, as it, even. Yeah. Joe was she always very certain moved. last book that, like, her father was secretly someone other than who they thought it was. So. Yeah. She almost got a mastectomy in this, one, in this chapter. It was Ooh. rough. Yeah, yeah, that's a yes, thing. That is accurate. All right, so come back next week. We'll talk about these three chapters. Music by Miracle of Sound. Wasing to the time of next, everyone. And we try, try, try to keep a little beauty in the world.
Ooh, we never let it fade.